Tell us where we at right now. We are in my tree house. This is a tree house. You got a tree house studio. Yeah, this is where I made Divides and where I now do all my sort of work. While, while we're here, let me, play, let me play you some number five. Number five. Number five. That was your original collaboration project. Yeah, 2000 and... Oh, God, I want to say 10, but it actually came out first week of 2011. So this is before, like, you was popping, popping. Yeah, this is actually what, what made me pop. How do, you think, how do you think that shit held up? I mean, it's, it's, still, one of, it's still one of my favorite projects I've done. Okay. I'll play, you, I'll play one, one other one. From the top! And that's the project that got you signed, number five. Uh, yeah, well, I did. I basically did five EPs before I got signed, and because uh, I did, so, I did. I was into so much stuff, much, much like with the project here. There was, uh, I was influenced by so much stuff. So I had one record that I just did fully with the bands. The next record was like what my first album pretty much ended up being. And then I did one that was just completely acoustic, that was all written with this one girl as a duet. And then I did uh, a live DVD and a live album of all of those. And then I did this. So this was number five of the EPs. And it was kind of like the momentum of all of those that ended up getting me signed. Was, was your thought process the same when you made number five? Like, yo, I'm just gonna work with artists that I yeah. like. Or back then you could only get the artists you could get because you wasn't like No, no, because no, at, at, this, at this point, Evelyn, Wiley, P-Money, Jamie, Michael Payne, Getz, Random Impulse, Sway, Wretch, Dot Rotten, they were all top of their game. Gotcha, and, like, gotcha. and it was like, I actually had to like, do a lot of convincing because I was quite, you know, I was a new, new artist. But what I do is I just turn up at like the studio with them. And then I was just persistent. It was just like, we have to do a song, we have to do a song, we have to do a song, and then made it made it happen. You had a DJ Khaled level of annoyance. Yeah, but I think I've had that same thing on this one, number yeah, six, yeah, yeah, yeah. just because you have to be persistent. You have to be on people to make it to, to make it happen. So what, so th this one got you signed. What do you hope this project does, the number six thing? What do you, what do you hope the number six does for you? When I made this, I wasn't, oh, I didn't want to, it wasn't like, I'm gonna get signed by making this. I made this because it was so much fun to make, and it was all, all the artists I wanted to work with and I made these songs that I was just so proud to play my friends. And it's pretty much the same with, with this one. If I was like, oh, well, it's gonna help me do this and help me do this. The fact is I've, like, I've already achieved more than I thought I could. Mm -hmm. So right now I'm at a point where I'm just having fun. Bruno Mars and Ed Sheeran, two kings of pop. Why the hell y'all did a rock record? Because exactly that, exactly. Yeah. I think people do not expect that. Any time I play that to anyone, the, the, the first chord, the first, the <laughs> instantly people go, <laughs> instantly, and I love that. I love that. What, what kind of rock is that? I mean, school me. What is that? Heavy metal? Is it? What is it? Yeah, I think it would just be rock, classic rock, classic, rock. classic okay. rock. I mean, we did loads of songs and loads of different things, but we ended up on that song and it was purely by, by, by accident with having Chris Stapleton and he just seemed the most interesting. So nobody said, hey, we should do a rock song. It was just... No, well, I mean, Chris, Chris had the riff. Chris was there and then, what was it? And he, ha he played us the riff, which is... A and then we were like, Oh, let's let's write write a song about that. Bruno took it away, and unbeknownst to me, him and Chris had got together and fucked with it a lot throughout throughout my whole career. I've never had an excuse to get a band, and now that's an excuse to maybe tour with the bands because I think play, playing that live 
would be different level. I've seen you live a couple times. That would be difficult for you on stage with just the guitar trying yeah. to do that. You think you can pull it off? I, well, I had an idea um, to do both. I think, you know, people like my loop pedal and no one's seen me with, with a band. And I think you could have a show that incorporates... I think it's time to have a show that incorporates both of them, personally. How yeah. long have you known Bruno? Because I feel like y'all have had similar paths. In I met Bruno in 2010. But I opened up for him at iTunes Festival. Yeah, in 2011. And then, I don't know, we just, we just hung out. I went and guested with him a couple of times on tour. Like, we've had nights out together. It seems like y'all got an organic chemistry together. In the studio. Yeah, well, I mean, he's a phenomenal writer. Phenomenal writer. I mean, he's written so many other songs. Like, he did the CeeLo Green Fuck You and, like... I don't know. So yeah, Bruno's wow. just like, he's just a talented writer and he's so, he's so musically talented. He's played every, every instrument on that. Played the drums, played the bass, played the guitar. Like he's like different level in, in the studio. You really respect songwriters, man. Like, it's like the same thing. You, you were listening to Howard Stern yesterday and mm -hmm. Howard Stern is like one of the greatest radio personalities. You've got to, you've got to, you, you've got to look at your peers and the people you look up to. And uh, you know, I have a great respect of people that can do things that I can't do. But I was shocked to find out that you get no help with your writing. Like you write everything yourself. Uh, lyrically, yes, lyrically, and yeah. and but I think I need a lot of help with production and making songs, you know. And there'll be songs like the A Team and Perfect and stuff like that that I'll just go in and I'll do a hundred percent myself. Whereas there'll be a song like Galway Girl, which is quite a collaborative thing. I'll go in with a folk band, and then we'll all write it together with the folk band. But I would write the lyrics for that and then it would be shaped in it basically do you look you look at other artists different when you find out they don't write their stuff only if they have nothing to do with it i just right. find i'm just i need to write songs to make me feel better about myself you get out all your demons in music and then it kind of clears out your head it's, it's like therapy ther it's exactly therapy i saw elton john call you one of like one of the, the best songwriters of, of of this generation that's very kind of him um I, I don't know. I, I, I like writing songs, but I feel like I'm improving day by day. By going in the studio with people like Chris Stapleton and Bruno Mars, you're just expanding your palette and um, learning new things. I think you're growing by just living life. Like yeah. The older you get, the more experiences you get. But you can't, you, can't, you can't become better unless you're around people that can teach you things. If I just worked in the studio, things would start sounding a bit stale after a while. Which is what's so great about doing this collaborations project is I've worked with so many different people and seen how, like Bruno's process versus Travis Scott's process versus like Ch Chance's process, we'll get, we'll, we'll, we'll get onto it, but he literally puts a mic up and he just has the verse repeating and he's just there in, in the studio and it's kind of, it starts off as a mumble and then like words go in every now and then and then like the first sentence is done but the rest are mumble and he'll just do it over and over and over again and then the verse is done. It's the most amazing thing. I've seen people do it line by line but in terms of like he's memorizing all his mumbles and the cadence of the mumbles and then thinking of the lines and then memorizing the first lines and then getting to the end. Like there was no point that he stopped. Mm -hmm. It was just two hours of that and then the verse was done which was a completely different thing for me to see. So I'm learning stuff like that every day and since then have tried that. Tried putting, putting. I mean I can't do it yet, but putting songs together where you find a melody and then you mumble the words and keep going, keep going and then it starts to fit. So it's like learning, learning stuff every day from people. So what did you learn from Bruno? Since you look at him as a, another amazing songwriter, was there any tricks you got from him that could make you better? We kind of have the same approach for a lot of things. You know, you throw a lot of ideas at the wall. His ideas are just different to mine. When I was in there, he was like, look, the reason we're working together is we're both trying to get something from each other. And if you just play the usual chords that you do, you might as well just be working on your own. So what, wow. what would work is your 
your melodies and lyrics over this. And then if you have some chords that would go over this, then my melodies and lyrics go over this, and then that's what makes it interesting. So that chorus on the um, Blow song is, you know, a mixture of Chris, a mixture of me, and a mixture of Bruno, and it all kind of come, came together like that, basically. Do you find yourself battling uh, battling him? Oh, the yeah, ball? massively, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, mate, the amount of arguments where we're just kind of like, you know, I think at, at the time he might, I think he had two diamond singles at that point, and I had one. And, and, he, and he was just like, but I've got two diamond singles. And like, they'd be kind of like back and forth like that. And then the next time I went in with him, I'd got two as well. So we'd kind of had a battle on that front. First world pop star <laughs> problems. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I know. What's next? South of the border. Why, why did you pick those two young ladies to collab on that record? I've always wanted to make a song with Cardi B. Cardi, Cardi B just personality wise, even if, even if you just had a talking on a song, like I've just, I love her. Cherry's obsessed with her. She's mm -hmm. just, I've got to meet her a few times. She's very animated, very lovely. And um, so that, yeah, I always wanted her on a record, but I met Camila in 2013 at the VMAs when she was in Fifth Harmony. We've kind of always kept in touch and mm -hmm. she's, I don't know if you've met her, but she's very, very, very sweet, very, very nice. It has a Latin flavor, you could say that. Yeah. You know, she's from Cuba, she speaks fluent um, Spanish. And uh, Cardi's Dominican. Yes. Yeah, and I just felt like it was it was a good, good mix. Does uh since since you and Bruno have such a friendly competition, when you see him have these records with Cardi, you know, does that make you want to do that type of collaboration? I definitely saw uh, the um, finesse tune and like was like, wow, man, God, I wish I'd done that. But then. I couldn't have done it. I can't dance like that. Yeah, it's yeah. just, it would have been weird. It would have been a weird thing. So I feel like that is me. And I feel like Bruno does his thing with Cardi. But then Cardi's like, Cardi's on a lot of records. She's just, you know, I like Bruno doing really well because it spurs me on to do really well. And hopefully if I do well, it spurs him on. It's not like a, there's never a vindictiveness in it. It's just like, oh shit, he's doing that. I should, I should work harder and, and do this rather than a like, I want to be doing better than you. you. You and Cardi got similar energies too though, because Cardi is authentically herself and you're authentically yeah. yourself. You think that's why you gravitate towards her? Yeah, I mean, I just, I love how unfiltered she is. You know, yeah. she's, she's literally, the, the, she's me, so media trained not to be media trained. You know, like her whole shtick is she goes on and says whatever she wants and that is what works for her. Whereas I, I never had a media training either. And I feel like I get to just say what I want and, She's successful because she is who she is. She's, there's no one else that can be Cardi B. And there's going to be countless people now that try to be. Yeah. She's had, had her success. And it's going to be fake. Yeah. That's what I call trying to be fake real. Like you're trying to be fake authentic. Yeah. You know trying I mean? to be fake Cardi, yeah. 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 What's next? Next is the Chance the Rapper and PNB Rock song. Don't worry about it, that's my secret, that's all me. Just know if you cross her, then you cross me, cross me. What made you want to get Chance on a record about your lady? You can just tell just from the way that he, his approach was to it. it the, the, his whole verse was like, just that line we were talking about yesterday, the uh, um, never say hi to me without her. Like, it's just like, yeah. there's just a, 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 a un, you can't teach that level of respect. He's obviously brought up with a very, very strong, loving mother, you know, and probably with a lot of women around him. And it's, it's, it's good. I'll play you what we, uh, what we actually got the sample from, because it's a PNB sample. Oh, it's a PNB rock sample? Yeah, double XL freestyle, that was it. Anything she needs, she can call me. Don't worry about it, that's my seed, that's all me. Just know if you cross her, then you cross me. Pressure up, 
This hard one. Yeah. PNB made it a hot line, you made it a hot song. That's hard. You said it's hard to write about, no, it's easier to write about heartbreak than it is about love. But I feel like you captured well, no, that think, in that. I think it's easier to write multiple songs about heartbreak. I mean, it's kind of like, you t to find the right fucking angle to write a love song about, which isn't just uh, you make me feel this way. And it's yeah. like, find it. it's about finding different angles now for me. It's not about, I've, I've done Thinking Out Loud, I've done Perfect, I've done the, the love songs, about finding yeah. different angles now to, to do that. That's a different type of love song right there though. Yeah, That's precisely. expressing love for you. For you precisely, lady. and yeah. I, think, I think my view of it is that because it has so many ups and downs in the song, you know, there's the bit where it just cuts out. No, you'll be dancing and then just suddenly you and your girl will rap this to each other. Everyone will be doing that, you know. I think it'd be fun. What was your lady's reaction when she heard that song? She said, finally, <laughs> finally you didn't make a depressing song about me, something we can dance to. Yeah, no, she likes it. She likes it a lot. She, but she likes, um, I think she likes the message of it because it's quite, it's quite, it makes her feel like badass as well, you know. You, you, you originally hear the song and it's, it sounds like it's me being like, oh, I'm going to be protected, but actually it's yeah. a, Are you scared people might try her now because you got her out of here looking like a tough guy? No, because you know I'm not. I'm not a tough guy, but I've got a security guard. Hey, <laughs> but, you know he's 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 grumpy, so he'd scare me away. What's next? The Stormzy one. Jet plane headed up to the sky. Spread wings and then clouds getting high. Yeah, you're you're such a, a, a intriguing artist because you a pop singer, R&B, but it seems like UK rap has influenced you just as much as all that other stuff. Yeah, well, I think I think rap in general, but UK rap was, uh, you know, the first intro for me into this was me doing that collaborations thing, and I've been working with UK artists since 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 then. But you know, we've kind of been friends for a very very long time, but never really worked together. He did he remixed Shape of You for me, but never really worked together on a song. Everything happens for a reason, and I feel like this happened for a reason. What's what's, what's next? <laughs> next is the Yeba tune. Which I'd like to say, uh, I played this to Charlemagne yesterday, and uh, I played him Yeba just just before I played him a song called Evergreen, and he was obviously blown away because she's amazing. But then I do my verse on this song, and he's like, I can tell she's just going to come and body you. Right? About to body you, and I was right. She bodied you on this record. <laughs> and this is why you're doing the interview because you're honest. My lungs are black, my heart is pure. God damn. We did that here actually. Really? All in here, yeah. Thank you for introducing me to her. Uh, Yeba. Yeba. She, she's phenomenal. And she bodied you on that record. Thank you. But you know that. Like that's, right? But I think, as I said to you when the song was playing, you, you should only be working with people that you think are better than you. So it helps you grow as a person. Like when I did the song with Beyonce, she definitely bodied me on that. Did the song with... Bocelli, like he definitely like these people are the peak of their game. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. perfect is a little debatable. That was a good back and forth. Oh well, thank you. Back. I mean, that was a, that, this is a good back and forth too, but you know. Yeah, but I feel like you know I'm I'm not I don't want to do I don't want to do, have I don't want to have a feature that isn't amazing. Like did she hit a note on there? I'm like I don't even know what that was. Yeah, <laughs> sound like you could have been like some effects on it or something like. Yeah, that. but like if I, like if that had you know someone that. It didn't complement it. it I, 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 I don't know. I feel like it. If you have a song that you think is good and you put someone on it you think is amazing, it instantly makes the song incredible. So yeah, it was. I I'd taken her on tour in 2017, so we were in touch anyway. And she came, she came to see my Wembley show recently, and we reconnected there. And we've been on email, and she sent me demos of her songs that I've listened to and stuff like that. So she, we've always we've always had a really cool relationship. I got on the phone with her one day, and I was like, I have this song. 
send it to her. She sent back her verse, and then I, and then I was like, well, we have to get in and and make sure that the chorus lifts and we can sing it together. And it sounds like we've actually been in the same room and made it. A, a song like that you can't really make remotely. You have to be in the same room. Sometimes I play people artists and some people will be like, oh my God, they're the best thing in the world. And some people are like, I just don't get it. But there's no one that doesn't get her. It's so easy to get. It's just like, wow, she's incredibly talented. Yeah, I mean, people like her just let me know that it's just a matter of timing. Because, you know, yeah. you know when, I, when you put me on to her and I posted Evergreen on Instagram, it was people in my comments like, oh, you're late. Oh, I listen to that song all the time. She's yeah, dope. But, but there's but there, but there's late and there's there's late. Like there is you know there's people that would have been on Travis Scott from the very 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 beginning. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. that would be like, oh, you're late if you got into him at Goosebumps or whatever. It's, so I think, you know, you can't be there from the beginning. Was she willing to be as open as you were, or did you have to kind of like push her? Yeah, well, I said it. I said it on 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 the phone. I said like for me for me I was writing stuff that was embarrassing to me. You know, my mm -hmm. deepest secrets that and I, and, I, and I said if you're if if you're going to write a verse just make sure that if that each line is uncomfortable for you to write the we will be like oh god should I be telling people this that's the kind of vibe I wanted to have is, is it is it healthy to think that the best of you is another person though maybe not but I'm sure you think some of the best parts of you are your wife a hundred percent yeah and I think it's it, it might it might not be healthy but I feel like it's a, it's a human flaw but to be like like I'm constantly wake up every day with Cherry and I'm just like, why the fuck are you with me? Like you could be, you literally be with who, who, whoever you wanted yeah. and, you've cho and you've chosen me. And like I'm saying all of the things that I think are wrong with me, but you still want to be with me. And I just find that amazing. But doesn't that keep you in a constant state of anxiety? Like constantly questioning whether or not, no, why no, your wife is with no, you? No, because, no, because she doesn't, she doesn't add fuel to the flame. You know, got you, got I think, you, I think, you. I think if, she was like, well, yeah, why am I with you? <laughs> <laughs> then, then you get anxiety. But I think it's quite a sweet thing to, I think it's quite sweet to always think that the person you're with is, is, is out of your league. Imagine, imagine if you were like with your wife, like, yeah, you're with me because I'm fucking amazing. Like, yeah. it's like, it's, it's quite a sweet thing. It keeps you on your toes. Yeah. And, and you don't ever take it for granted. Yeah, mate. And that's the, that would be the worst thing to, to just, just be, to, yeah, to take it for granted. And I, I tour a lot. I spend a lot of time on the road. And I think I have to go on the road and have this belief that, you know, where this is meant to be. What's next? Uh, Eminem and 50 Cent, remember the name? Yeah, I was born a misfit. Grew up 10 miles from the town of Ipswich. Wanted to make it big, I wished it to... When do you know a record is completely done? I don't. If it's, <laughs> no, it's, if, it, if it's up to me, I keep, yeah. I keep tweaking it. Um, it's weird, like the musical side of it, if it sounds good, it's done. Mm -hmm. Like for me, like even if a guitar's like slightly out of tune or like the vocals are a bit rough, like if it sounds good, it's done. But when it comes to mixing, it's just, I don't know, you have to listen to it on so many different speakers. So we've got like two different speakers here and then I'll usually do a mix on like just regular headphones. I want it to be good on so many different things. Like it could sound amazing in here and you take it in the car and it's all kind of So yeah, that's when you don't know it's done, but usually the deadline comes and then someone takes it and it comes up. I feel like that record is like a childhood dream of yours, like the pub is, the pub in New York. I had two songs I always wanted to do with Eminem. I was like, if I ever get to work with Eminem, there's two songs I want to do. And it's one's like an introspective storytelling one, and one is something that kind of is more of a nod towards uh, some of the cheekier songs on the Marshall Mathers LP or like the Eminem show. And I was like, when I, when I, when I, work, when I work with him, because in my mind I was like, it's always going to happen, I've just got to wait. I'll do those two songs and one led to the other. So I did the River song with him for the, um, the revival record and then through that got to, got to know him. 
and then I was able to sit down with him in Detroit and approach him with this song, and it didn't feel weird. And now, now I feel like I've ticked my two boxes. Mm -hmm. Feels, yeah, feels good. In your verse, you talk about uh, people invading your private life. Did you started to go a little Eminem on the blogs on that verse, just a little bit? It was actually before me and Cherry got married, and I knew that we'd be married by the point that the song came out. Mm -hmm. So I said, watch how the lyrics might get twisted. My wife wears red, but looks better without the lipstick. Um, and I was like, because someone's going to hear that and be like, oh, they're, they're married. And I didn't know how that would be construed, but obviously it's already come out. The other thing I think is funny is I say, I mentioned Ipswich in it, which is a town near here, which is like Eminem would never, ever know where Ipswich is. So to be able to have a song with Eminem and 50 Cent and the first line is... Uh, 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 yeah, I was born a misfit, grew up 10 miles from the town of Ipswich. So just, just to be able to have that, just like whenever I go to Ipswich now, there'll just be someone who'll be like, thanks, man. Oh, so that, you know? see, see, that's how it is in America. If you shout out a certain community yeah. or a certain hood, they'd be like, yo, good looking. So it's the same thing over here too. Yeah, and I mean, you know, there's only there's only a few musicians that have ever come out of Suffolk as a county, yeah. as a whole county, um, let alone shouted out. Ipswich, so I feel like it's uh, So it's you'll, get, you'll get free fish and chips in Ipswich for the rest oh, of Oh, I'd never get that. They'd be like, you can afford it, mate. So. <laughs> <laughs> I made that song in Sweden with Max Martin, who's a, who's a really big songwriter producer. And I was writing my verse and then cheekily at, at, at the end of it, I just said, right, Max, I want to like, I want to wish this into existence. Like uh, it's, um, let me listen to my verse again. How would it work? Yeah. Wanted to make it big, I wished it to be distance. Yeah, so, yeah. Wish, so, yeah, so at the end of the verse, I said, uh, I want way more than I've already got. Give me a song with Eminem and 50 Cent. And I said to Max, I was like, I'm, I'm, going, I'm going to London tomorrow to go and guest with Eminem. So I'll, uh, I'll, I'll ask him about the tune then and see if he can get 50 Cent on it. And I walked in Eminem's dressing room and it's him and 50 Cent in there. And I was like, Phew. This this has to be has to be meant to be. I think they were quite they were quite w weird about it because I was like, uh, <laughs> do you believe in fate? <laughs> and uh, they probably thought you was just trying to make conversation. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I did walk in and I was like, look, I'm I I'm a great believer of things things are meant to be the, the way they're meant to be because that like you can't you can't get to my stage in my career and think that it's all down to some like just hard work or just this like this definitely yeah. definitely things that i was in the right place at the right time and this and that so it was actually quite a cool meeting because i played him the song and i thought we'd record it then but he was just like leave it leave it with me because he writes and writes and writes mm -hmm. and writes and goes over um so we just sat and it was the, the day after kamikaze had come out it, and i no one knew it was coming out and then suddenly it came out and i was like fuck i'm seeing him tomorrow i get to kind of like talk to him about it Y'all got a lot of similarities in a way though, because- like, I really relate to him and, and we have such different backgrounds, but I really relate to him. And even, 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 even more so now, like as a kid, I related to him just because I felt like a bit of an outcast. Mm -hmm. um, but even, even now, like the way that we've, we've both stuck in our hometowns, and we, yes. both, we both live here, we both got to a level where it's, it's, you, you're so famous you cannot go outside and so you have to kind of live in your little compound. And having a com conversation with him, about it and how he tours now and it's like I'm kind of looking at the way he does things being like that's how I should do it when I'm like because he's got kids and stuff and he's a very very good father and he's there the whole time and my greatest fear is not raising my kids because I'm constantly on tour so what he does is he you know he makes an album and then he goes out and does like a month of touring and then he comes back home and then that's that that's it and I can talk to him on a level and we, he can understand where I'm coming from and I can understand where he's coming from. Well, yeah, that's how I meant it on the same way you just described it, the fact that both of y'all still are in y'all hometowns yeah. and it's like a, a level of 
self-isolation. Yeah. You know what I mean? Joey's trying to get me away from it. She's scared that like the pub and the cinema and like just I just I've like made it that my friends just can come here now rather than me going out. So Cherry's always trying to get me to go out more and more. But it just get, well, just I, take her out one time and let, let let her let her get mobbed, and then she'll be like, you know mate, what? No, no, she's seen it. She's seen it, and she yeah. doesn't. She doesn't obviously doesn't like it, but she's like, it's not healthy to to do this. So how do you stay in tune with what's going on? Because like your music does I not listen, sound like you're isolated. I, I listen to your show, okay, every single day. Stuff like that. I read the news every single day. I like I've, I keep I keep up to date. I'm just I don't know. I lost the ability to be able to go out to a supermarket and buy a loaf of bread about not even that long ago like three years ago right. and it's just it's just different now there's certain places i can go that's why i live here like people around here treat me pretty normally but like london because it's london's such a melting pot of so many different people it's like you can never sort of preempt what people are going to be like it was definitely very very fun to work with eminem again if you could have told 12 year old me i would rap on a song with eminem when i was older like you know so many people say that i can't rap but I'm allowed on a song with Eminem and 50 Cent rapping, yeah. so like, why does it matter? 12-year-old you is now 28-year-old you, so they're still around all those years later. Yeah. I've played as people of my generation who, uh, that, like, Shady Records was just us when we were, like, 14. We were just obsessed with it. Um, so playing that to, like, my best friends now, all, all excited about it, but there'll be people from your generation that are excited about it, and there are people from a completely different generation who maybe haven't, they're not really that aware of it, but maybe they've heard Shape of You and like Shape of You that will listen to this project. It has a different uh, impact on somebody that's my age though, because I'm thinking, damn, 50 and M are such an underrated combination, because mm. you start thinking about like, patiently waiting, yeah. and you know what I mean? All those songs that they've done together, and you're like, okay, I like hearing that. That was why I really, really wanted to get the two of them. Yeah. Like, it, I could have just done that with, with, with them, but I, it, it was like, I, I mean, the hook that I wrote is so 50 Cent. It's yeah. the, it just had to, it had to be the, had to be that. The only thing that song's missing is Dr. Dre drums. But I know. Nothing. I just think yeah. it's weird to go with, with someone with a complete track and just be like, please just put your name to it. Yeah. I think if, if Dr. Dre does end up watching this, which, who knows if, if, if he will, but like, he is someone I would love to work with and I'd, I wouldn't feel comfortable being like, here's a song, put your name to it. I'd want to go in and create a song. Let's see that Bieber record. I love this tune. What made you want to reach out to Bieber right now? Bieber just got married. Yeah. I just got married. That song is about being at industry event with the woman you love, or even the, per the, the person you love, and kind of being like, fuck this, let's just have fun ourselves. And I was like, it was actually Cherry's idea, because she, she was like, well, why don't you get Bieber? Like, you'd be perfect for this, it just fits, fits it. And you know, I have a quite a good relationship with him. I met him at Z100 thing. He came up and said, oh, I'm a big fan. And I was like, wow, have you heard my music? So we kept in touch. I, I wrote some songs for him and with him for his projects. You know, we've just hung out a bunch of times. Well, you, I, I, wanna, I wanna work with Bieber. He's got one of these voices that just works on, on anything. Yeah. He's, and he's got personality on when he sings. Were you ever a social person? Because it seems like you're social, but you only get anti-social at industry functions. Well, I used to be super social in industry functions. I used, my, my hobby was to go out to things and meet people that I admired and then go out and drink with them and end up at a bar. That was like my favorite thing to do. So, you know, I, I kind of like ended up meeting all all my musical heroes and going out to bars with them and having fun with them and then it's just I've now when I go to these events it's I've I just, I just have 
social anxiety. I just can't, I hate large groups of people, which is ironic because I play shows for a living. But I just don't, I feel claustrophobic and I don't like being around too many people. You think people, it's because you are Ed Sheeran and people demand too much of you? Yeah, but it isn't even that. I don't even mind talking to people. I, I have no problem with having a conversation with people. It's just when people like film me and shit and just kind of stare at me. It's just, it just makes me feel weird because it makes me feel like I'm not human. You coming up and having a conversation with me makes me feel human, even if we've never met. Mm -hmm. Even if you just come up and the, the thing that instantly shuts me off is having a moment like that with someone that's so human and so nice and at the end being like, oh, but can, can I have a picture? And it's like, what? It kind of then puts you back down to yeah. earth and now you, then you're just, you're just that. You're literally just uh, 15 likes on in Instagram and you're, that's, that's all you are. It makes you wonder if the conversation y'all were having was even genuine. Yeah, because like, sometimes, yeah. sometimes I have these conversations with people in, in, in the, where was it? I was, at, I was at a Marilyn Manson show and this guy just came up to me and he literally just shook my hand and went, I like your music, man. And then just, and I was like, wow, that was like such a short thing and such a simple thing, but that meant so much. Yeah, so I think I get kind of anxiety because, you know, if I was eating in a restaurant, now it's, I would prefer to have a private room because if I'm eating in the room with everyone, I get people filming me eat my food while I'm with my wife. It's just, I just find it a bit, it's a bit, it's a, you, feel, you, feel, you feel like a zoo animal. And I don't, I don't mean to be like complainy because I have a very, very cool job and, and life, but if I can avoid it, I will. Yeah, I wouldn't want nobody to record you eating fish and chips either because <laughs> you may feel like a zoo animal, but you eat like one as well. I Thank you very much, sir. I just want sir. you to know that. If you could have the success without the fame, you would, t would you take that? I think my success has happened because I'm so recognizable. You know, it's like I, I make good, I'm, well, I think I make good music, but I make people that, music that people like. But you can, you, you, you can remember who I am. Then it's, it's my own fucking fault as well. Look at all these tattoos I've got. And then I start wearing glasses again, and then that's just another thing to make me more, yeah. more recognisable. So I definitely don't help myself in that. What's the next song, my brother? The next song is called Antisocial, and it's the Travis Scott one. It sounds cleaner. Don't touch me. What's that record about? It sounds self-explanatory, but... Probably what we were talking about earlier, having yeah. the anxiety of being in a club. How often do you get in the mood where you don't want to be bothered? Every day. Every day. <laughs> so I live here. Every single day. So I live here, yeah. But when you go out, you know that's a no, necessary... No, I mean, yeah, no, when I, like, I, I just have to be in the frame of mind. Like, when yeah. I go to an award show, I'm like, right, today, like, it's just happening. Like, gotcha. I'm not, I'm not going to get ang anxiety because this is just has to happen today. I don't know, if it just creeps up on you and then it's just there. Is, is the hat low a signal to people that you don't want to be bothered? Are you letting them know? Like, look, when you see me out with my hat low. <laughs> well, that's what I'm trying to say, yeah. yeah. That's what I'm trying to say, yeah. That's good, that's a good signal then. That's like, you should... That's yeah, good. but I don't, really, I don't really go out to clubs anymore. I used to, when, you know, Cherry used to live in New York, so I used to live there in her apartment. And we used to go out, like, most, most nights. But it was different then as well. Shape of You brought me to a different level of fame. Like I thought I thought I was like at my peak and then suddenly it was like a completely different world. It's the world of your Beyonce's and your Jay-Z's and your Adele's and it's just the suddenly there's so much interest, you know? How hard is it to protect your energy? I'm talking about you, your your mental well-being, your your mental space. Well, I I find I find I've been working on it for the past 8 Eight years, and whether it be getting rid of a phone and only answering emails like, you know, twice a day, or whether it's like cutting down my friendship group to the bare, bare, bare minimum just so I trust everyone, or whether it's living in the countryside in the middle of nowhere and kind of closed off a bit from reality. I think all of these little things are in place to protect this, mm -hmm. I think, my, my, my mind. And um, it's all working, I think. It's all working. I think if I lived in 
central central London in less less square or Mayfair or something like that. And then hanging out with people that I'm not really sure whether they're friends with me for who I am or who I am, you know. You'll never you'll never know what that feels like again. Especially with the new people that come into your life. You'll yeah. never know if they like you or they like Yeah, but I don't ever artist. really let people I like I like let people in from a from a let's like hang out place like you know these these boys have come to film now and we hung out in the pub yesterday like there's there's letting in and there's there's letting in you know when you had that conversation with Travis about that record did he understand where you was coming from the whole yeah because I think he 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 has it and he we were, we were talking about it and I think he's very lucky with you know the girl that he's with he says that you know that they have a similar thing where they just have their little little circle Ah, but he's with the biggest yeah but I don't know I, I think in the world almost yeah but I think they're, they're all different, aren't they? They all want, want different things. Um, yeah, I don't really know. I don't really know. But he, uh, he struck me as someone that I had a lot of common, in common with, basically. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't seem to me to be the type of person that's chasing fame. I think it's all, it's all to better himself as an artist. What's the next record? The next record is Beautiful People. Khalid. Beautiful People, featuring Khalid. Khalid, yeah. Why well, could lead for this particular record? You don't think he's a beautiful person? <laughs> no, he no. It, I mean, a couple of reasons. His voice is so crisp and warm and soulful, but in a very weird way. It's, mm. He's got he's got runs that aren't soul runs. He's got runs that are more folk music. Like he mm. kind of he kind of he's a he's a soul singer who sings like a folk artist. It's, it's a very he, he sings in a very u, u, unique way. But that song for me is warmth. It's, it just feels cozy and. And that sounds weird to say his voice is cozy as well, but that was like my initial thing. He's de he's definitely the same as me. He doesn't really strike me as someone who's glitz and glam. Well, how how unhappy were you living in LA? Miserable. I hated it. Yeah. I hated it. Yeah. I'm now like, I like going to LA because I go in for like three days and I see people I love, and then I'm gone. But it's the same everywhere. Like I was miserable when I lived in New York as well because it's just. I just have to be home. It's like um, there's a book. There's a book that I read called um, His His Dark Materials, and it's about parallel worlds. And you basically there's this guy that has a knife that can cut into other worlds. And his dad discovered the, the worlds before him, and his dad ended up dying because he was away from his world for so long, and it just dra it drained him being in this other world. And for me, it's wow. that like being in not just England, but being in Suffolk just keeps my even on tour. I'll like come back here and I'll feel revitalized and just. I'm not, I'm not American. I don't belong in America. Just like you living here, you'd probably get sad at some point and be like, I need to go back to Carolina or I need to go back to Jersey. I'd get fat as hell living here. <laughs> Between all the beer and the fish and chips, I'd be yeah. fat as fuck. Was there ever a moment where you felt like you were about to conform and become one of the beautiful people? <laughs> I definitely did though. I, de I definitely did for like really? yeah for like six months I was that that was it I was in <laughs> and I was hanging out with fucking people that were on Disney shows one, once upon a time and we were like you know hanging out in backyards every day I'd meet someone new and it'd be like oh this is so and so who was on this movie and then so and so who did this song and just I don't know you kind of you kind of get sucked up in in that world and there's always a different event to go to you go to One Oak or you go to fucking what is it Bootsy Bellows and there's, there's always something on and it's just that every single day every single day and it just I just felt myself getting a bit drained from it. Why is it hard for people to be themselves in the industry? And does the industry allow that? 
Yes, it does, yeah. But you have to have success being yourself. So it's quite mm. easy for me to be myself because I've been every, every step of the way, every time I've been myself, I've had success in it. But I think it's hard when you had a lot of success musically, maybe doing something that you didn't believe in 100%. You know, sometimes the success that you find isn't actually you being yourself. But also I think it's the fake it till you make it attitude of if you let people think you're successful, then you will eventually become successful. But you have to really put that on. Yeah. I, think, I just think being yourself is so powerful. And I feel like a beautiful person but without the sounding weird about it, but because of it, I have now a confidence in myself because, because of being myself, all of these great things have happened. So now I, I, can, I can walk into an award show dressed however I want and be super confident about it because it's like I've, I've done what I set out to achieve without compromising. Imagine like when you were standing next to Beyonce on stage, performing yeah. perfect. Right. Great moment in Johannesburg. If you're, if you're paying attention to what you should actually be paying attention to, which is just the talent, you're like, damn, that was a great duet. But then you go look online and everybody's clowning you because of how you looked standing next to her, what you were wearing. Well, it, well, I know, but I think the main argument was just men and women's stand, standards being held. The main thing was just like, look at this, he's allowed to wear that and she's allowed to wear that, when really what they should have been saying is like, they've both made a choice to do this. Like, yes. Beyonce can wear whatever the hell she wants and I can wear whatever the hell I want and that is because we've, we've worked to be where we are to be able to do that. I, I quite I quite liked that. I found that quite quite funny because it was it was ridiculous. You look at it and you're like, yeah, actually that's pretty weird. And like the skate company that I was wearing the t-shirt off were like really excited about it because it was on every single blog in the world and they were having people buy the t-shirt. They wanted to send one to Beyonce, but I was like, I'd I don't know if she'd, <laughs> I don't know if she'd want that. Um, I always say this to kids that get, I meet a lot of kids and their dads are like, they're going through a tough time at school. And I'm like, although it's like super tough now, that's the best thing that can happen for you. If you fit in, you're just boring. You know, you're just, you're just one of many people. If you're like, there was this um, one kid the other day and she was like proper out there, proper quirky. And I was like, you're going to be such an interesting adult and you're going to do such an interesting job because you're, you're allowed to be artistic and don't let anyone fucking dim your light like you should always shine as 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 bright as that but it's about instilling confidence in people and i think me having success i can say to her look i was really weird and i've managed to have success so mm -hmm. if you just carry on doing you you're 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 gonna have the same thing yeah it's like why fit in when you're born to stand out like that's why i yeah. feel like all of us have our very own unique dna that can't be duplicated there's no, that mate, there's no one in the world that can do what you do. Absolutely. But there is someone in the world that's going to try and they're going to fail because they should be doing what they do best. Absolutely. Know? Yeah. So the next song is um, I Don't Want Your Money with Her. Fuck your money, your lady wants your time. Precisely, yeah. And I find myself always, always thinking like, why well, I'm out on the road as much as I am. And I always come back to the conclusion is because I love it. And, mm -hmm. but, you know, there's, there's some, something has to give because, you know, I've, I'm starting a, starting a life with Cherry and I'm not 20 anymore. I can't go on the road for three years and not, not come home. Do you have uh, guilt because you're not around? No, because I think, I think that's, I think that's un, unhealthy because I'm only not around because I'm living my dream, mm -hmm. trying to achieve. And I think it's unhealthy to feel guilty about wanting success. But I definitely, I, f I feel like I'm missing out. I don't, I think there's not so much guilt in that, but I definitely feel like I'm missing out on a lot of things, you know. But it, it wasn't just with, when I was with Cherry, it was like I'm, I missed like every single one of my friends' birthday parties or events or you know, New Year's or stuff, stuff like that. So I feel like... Parents getting older. Yeah, well actually, I mean saying that, like that my success has allowed them to slow down and, you know, my dad 
doesn't work anymore and he can come out on tour. I actually have more quality time with my dad now because it's allowed that to, to happen. At what point did you realize it wasn't about uh, money? It was about, you know, your time. At what point did you realize that? Sounds a bit ridiculous, but when you discover something like a private jet and you're like, I can buy another day with, with Cherry. I, could, I can wait till tomorrow and fly home at 5 p.m. or I can book a jet now and I can fly home and I can gain an entire day. When, when I was like, m money isn't the object, but time is. You know, I'd rather, I'd rather spend more time with you than save more money, basically. That's interesting though, because you need the money yeah. to be able to create those, more those, time. Those opportunities. Yeah. And that's quite, you know, that's a very sort of first world problem to have. I will always turn down every single offer for like New Year's Eve gigs just because like I'd rather spend it with my family and friends. And it happened very early on in my career because I, I never wanted for much and I've, I achieved a level of success financially very early on that I was happy with. So ever since then I can, I've, I now can't be bought because I don't need it. Like, yeah. but, that, but that isn't because I've now doing a stadium tour. That was like back then doing theatres. I was like, well, I don't fucking earn by playing the songs I want to play, why would I need to be, be able to be bought, basically? And you said, uh, you know, you go on the road because you love going on the road. Yeah, I so, really love it. So is there ever a time where you have to ask yourself, what do you love more? Do I love going on the road or do I love my wife? Um, no, because again, she, she understands and she comes out on the road. I mean, she's got an office job, so she doesn't come out as much as she would like to. Like when you're so yeah. busy and you're always doing a whole bunch of everything, sometimes it's good to just sit down and do nothing, to watch that movie for the hundredth time like yeah watch star wars again <laughs> but i feel like i feel like doing nothing makes me want to work hard again so that's why i feel like i need to do nothing because it it, it it reminds me that i do love working it's only gonna get more complicated once you have kids yeah but i think i think kids are, are different because instantly whenever i've spoken to parents it's like your life ceases to exist for you anymore your life is for your kids so i don't i don't think i'd have any problem sacrificing things that i enjoy for them if it was really like you can't tour for the next 10 years, I'd be like, well, that's what I've signed up for. I've had kids, so. True. You know, you, could, you know, there's lots of things that people have to stop when they have kids. Why'd you pick her for that particular record? Because I, I, re I really liked her album and became a fan from her from there. Uh, when I found out she was a fan of me, I then asked her to be on, on this. Because you can't ever assume that people just want to do records with you. What's the next song? What we got, what we got? A Thousand Nights with um, Meek Mill and A Boogie. Mm. What does being on for a thousand nights mean? Uh, touring. You know, I'd been on tour for, I mean, it's not technically a thousand nights, but almost like seven, eight, eight hundred nights on tour. So it's basically New York to London, it's a different city every day. Does it all become a blur? Does it become redundant when you're out there like that? Definitely does. Like, so I don't really remember to 2014, 2015. Yeah, it does, it does all become a blur. But then you, I, I now bring my best friends on, on tour. So I've got four best friends out with me and we enjoy it all together now. So it's not really a blur because we remember going to nice dinners and then we go out to nice things and then go back to like my hotel room and like have a bottle of wine. Why'd you grab Meek and A Boogie for that record? Because I, I don't think they can relate yet to, to that level of, of touring. Well, for me, originally I had a different beat. Okay. I had a different beat originally. And when I f made the beat, it was, and Meek actually said it when I played it to him, he was like, you know my tempo. And for me, it just sounded like a Meek song. Gotcha. It just sounded like a Meek song. I always try and go two verses. I always try and go for two, like 24 bars. And it's, we'd done 16 bars and it just seemed too short. And I just bought a uh, hoodie season and I thought uh, I'd reach out to him. What's the next record? The next record is Put It, Put it All On Me with LMA. You like this one? I like that tune. <laughs> 
Yo, you front when you say it's hard to make records about love, bro. That's another love record right there. Oh, another. Mate, I've made so many records though for this project, so mm -hmm. many. Like obviously now you're hearing the end products and you're like, oh, uh, like it must be easy to write love songs. But I write so many songs and then I just pick the best ones. So then they they end up being the good ones, the mm -hmm. good the, the good love songs. But they're um. I like the up tempo love record though. Like everything yeah. don't have to be thinking out loud. I'm 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 Meffin Man and Mary J Blige All yeah. I Need remix. That's what me and my wife danced to it all wedding. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So it's good to have those up tempo love records. Why do you Why do you choose LMA for that one? Well, I like the rest of the world heard Booed Up, and then I found out she's from Mitcham, in South London, mm -hmm. which blew my mind because I just didn't know she. Because like it's so it's so rare. One for English people to have success in America, but two for people to have English people to have success in America before England. She was big there before, but, but before here. So I was intrigued by her anyway. But someone I knew had a contact for her. So when when we were making that song, I remember we were saying, "What girl? What girl do we know that we could, we could go on this?" And me and Fred, who made the tune, were both like, "We should get LMA." And I was like, "I know someone that knows her." So um, we, we had that wrapped up. I think like within two days, because usually you do the song and then you have to get in touch with the artist and then it's finding a day to do a studio. We sent that off to LMA the day that we wrote it and then I think she'd recorded her bits two days later. I didn't even know she was from the UK till I heard her album. Yeah. Because in between she's talking and you hear the accent. Yeah. So, so I was like, oh, she's from the UK, I didn't even realize it. Yeah, she, and she's, mate, she's super sweet, but she's, yeah. I just didn't expect her to be English. Her, she's got uh, the, same, the same kind of thing that I was saying about Khalid. There's, there's, there's a way that she sings and the riffs that she, she, she does. She'll go hard and soft and hard and soft in, in her vocal tones. It's it kind of operatic, kind of, it's, it's mm -hmm. sort of, I don't know if she's classically trained or not, but it's um, a very different way of singing. When you do a collab with somebody like LMA, do you feel the need to, even in the future, constantly say, hey, I wrote this for you, just to keep that, the, the London thing up there? Right, yeah, I, don't, I mean, like, as I said yesterday, I mean, like, it, it, it depends on timings and stuff, but if anyone gave me their time to work on this, like, I'm, whether, whether it just be any small favor in the future, I'm, all, I'm always, I'm always going to be there. To do to do something or after this record i'm going to go away for a bit so i don't think we're going to be re re releasing anything like that but yeah i just really appreciate that people are giving me their time you know uh so this is feels with young thug and jay huss Baby, I got the feels, yeah. you, you're not doing these records because you know of, of who's hot you're doing these records because you actually like these people so what what did you like about Young Thug? I mean, I, f I first heard him when he did the Rich Gang, uh, uh, did a lot of shit, just a little this here, yeah, life yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah. and I didn't I, I didn't really get it. And then it was more I, th I think it was that 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 Jeffrey project that really made me understand it. And um, he's got he's got a tone that is sometimes you don't understand what he's saying, but it kind of like the 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 way that he does it is just musical. Yeah. Um. So I, I was. <laughs> Always very intrigued to work with him. Huss is someone I've always wanted to work with. There's not really anyone like him in the UK industry, so in his own lane. The worst thing I find is when you have blatantly like label things where it's just they leave like a 16 at the end and it's like, Ah, it's the worst. You know, like, yeah. um, and I never wanted to do that with Huss. I feel like if you're gonna do a song with Huss, it needs to all fit in. I got his number and then I FaceTimed him. But usually every single person I've worked with, I've never not had a some sort of relationship with with, with with them. So I hope I'd get to meet Thug soon. I would think that's a difficult record to write. Cause that's about heartbreak, you know? Yeah. 
Like you in love. That was written from imagining what it would like. Now, now it's all scenarios rather rather than like things that have actually happened in terms of like writing, writing breakup songs. And I need you to dismiss those negative thoughts out your mind. Okay. I'm the type of person like whatever I want to happen, I constantly think about the things I don't want to happen. I don't think about at all. Or Sam. I know, but my job is writing songs. So sometimes yeah. you just have to write songs. You know, like people who write murder mystery books don't want to get murdered in their sleep. They just they write books about murder. So that's not necessarily about you. In no, your no, life. no, no, no. That's that, that's like if it were to happen, yeah. that would be my reaction. And it's for whoever needs it, because somebody out there yeah. is probably going through that. There's so many people that make songs that aren't necessarily reflecting the situation that they're in at that time. Oh, yeah. trust me, I know. But we've all, but we've all felt that. Yeah, I listen to a lot of hip hop. Okay, I know. There's <laughs> right? a lot of people saying some things that they are not really living. Yes, I get it. Why is Skrillex holding up the record? Um, Skrillex. Uh, I mean, I've, I've, I've worked with him before. We've actually, I have a great fucking story about Skrillex. He came to Chicago to work on track. Afterwards, he was like, uh, let, let's go out to a bar. So just me and him and my touring crew went, went out to this bar. And he was like, fuck man, this, this bar sucks. Like the music, like the music's just not, it was like they were, I, I don't know what was happening. He, and he, he was just like, I've got my laptop in my back. Shall I just do a set? And they, they were like, okay. And so Skrillex got up in this like bar in the middle of fucking nowhere in Chicago and just did a three hour set for anyone in the bar. And they just locked the doors and just kept everyone in. It was amazing. I feel it. Can you feel it tonight? I feel the fight between you and I. How did you know Dave was going to be good for this record? Because everything I've heard from Dave that you let me hear, because you put me on the Dave, yeah. was like deep. Well, I gave him I gave him a deep song. I gave him the okay. choice of two. Because I, 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 I really, really wanted to get him on the project. So I did two, two songs and he chose that one. But I think, you know, he's, I think it's good to have him on something a little bit different because he does yeah. a lot of deep stuff for, for his stuff. Y'all collaborating on more than just music though, right? Yeah, we did a Love, Music, Hate, Racism interview. I like that whole concept of love, love, music, hate, racism. You know, we're both from two totally different parts of England and from totally different backgrounds and coming together and just talking. It's good to show how it can be completely normal, you know. I met him at, uh, there's, mm -hmm. there's an award show over here called the I Ivan Novellos and they have like, three main awards like there's best song most played song and then songwriter of the year and that's and 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 that's it and he he i won songwriter of the year and he won best song um and they're, they're like really difficult to there's only like three of them a year they're really difficult to win so I'm, i met i met him there and we kind of swapped emails and we've just been back and forth i kind of like talking to i say up and coming people but i love i love the kind of new wave coming through and it was one of those things like i'm putting the project together it would just feel like a bit of a shame not to have him on it, so uh, I'm glad we could uh, make it work. The other artist is a guy from Argentina that I've recently become a fan of called Paolo Longa. We got him on, really like him. <laughs> Listen man, uh, number six, Ed, thank, thank you. you for having me bro. Nice one.